From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. It's nice to know, in these times of tumult, with uh, the rise of AI, wars here and there, diseases likely to spread, uh, economic uncertainty, that not much has changed. Hell yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson Lives is the name of the podcast. Thank you very much. I say this because I saw yesterday that uh, scientists, you know the doomsday clock, right? This is when a bunch of experts get together and pretty much tell us how close we are to the apocalypse, to the end of civilization as we know it, right? Uh, They say that it will not move forward, which is good, or back, which I guess is bad-ish. It remained at 90 seconds till midnight, midnight being uh, when we're all doomed. And I'm thinking to myself, if that's the case, that's less pressure for uh, the Detroit Lions. Um, they, they can play pretty well this weekend. You know, Dan Campbell's boys getting loose and, you know, playing loose. <laughs> Not as much pressure to get this one done, I guess. But uh, yes, that's what the experts are saying. I don't know. Uh, on a serious note, though, uh, thoughts, prayers, well wishes, good vibes, good thoughts, all that stuff. Uh, to Ryan Sandberg, Hall of Fame baseball player for the Chicago Cubs, 1984 MVP, nine-time Golden Glove winner, just an all-around great baseball player. Unfortunately, it's been revealed that he has prostate cancer, so yeah, he's in the fight of his life, and uh, hopefully he pulls through. But uh, just a reminder to guys like you and me, if you are a guy, especially if you're north of 40 and I'm well overdue for this get get your prostate looked at because that's that's important and again our thoughts prayers and everything with ryan and his family all right so this weekend is my birthday and i said i'm well over um i'm 44 come sunday and uh i don't know i don't feel too bad well i don't feel too bad right now because i got some ibuprofen in me and I did slug a cup of coffee before doing this, so I feel all right. Not as tired, not as haggard, but uh, uh, I do have we do I do have dinner plans this weekend, and that involves cooking a turkey for Sunday. Yeah, uh, my wife's we got extra for Thanksgiving, and so that thing's been sitting in the freezer for a bit. And she's like, "You can cook that this week," you know. I'm like, "All right," so it's in the fridge. And uh, that thing is going to be stewing in its juices while. Um, <laughs> While I'm off doing what I have to do uh, on my birthday weekend. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, looking forward to it. Uh, spending time with the family. Wife's got me a couple birthday presents. She will not tell me at all. Uh, I do have something to do this weekend with the honeydew list. Uh, and this involves me and the wife. And it re- involves repairing the headboard of our bed. And before you start going, oh, uh, I wish it was, oh, because I'd brag a little more about it, but uh, I guess this happened when I was at work, and it, I think it involves the boy, Logan, climbing up on our bed, being rough, and hanging on it, and yeah, so we we can't have nice things. If anything, if if we had done this, we'd be high-fiving each other, but it's the boy, so we feel a little disappointed. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a but it, it's kind of it's it's a big bed, it's wooden bed, but it's one of those um, you know from a cheap store deals 
like not necessarily too cheap like you know target walmart furniture uh they don't sell that it's not like this um but it, it's one of those things where it holds together okay if it's just you two and you don't have kids they come in and jump on every damn thing so that's that's what i have to look forward to uh jim harbaugh has the NFL to look forward to. This was a breaking story from earlier this evening as I record this late Wednesday into Thursday. Leaving uh, University of Michigan for the L.A. football chargers, he'll become their head coach and, of course, make a big splash with the AFC West. So, uh, yeah, he vacated Michigan faster than their championship did. I have to think that... uh, I have to think that they're going to be sanctioned for what's coming uh, with the... The alleged spying, and, and by alleged, I'm doing the, the air quotes, obviously. Um, but just a weird, uptight dude. And, you know, I he probably thinks he's escaping some scrutiny. But if you're Roger Goodell, and you're competent, and I know this is Roger Goodell, um, you would be keeping a close eye on this guy, right? I mean, he has, he is somewhat successful, um, but you know with this coming to light at Michigan and all the crap that happened with uh, uh, or did not happen with Bill Belichick you have to be kind of keeping an eye on Jim Harbaugh maybe see what happens next season by the way they're already talking about how he and his brother John of the Ravens will play against each other next season so look forward to the next Harbaugh and that cliche getting Beaten into the freaking ground. All right, so championship weekend upon us. NFC, AFC. Do NFC first here. San Fran hosting Detroit. Uh, Detroit looking to go to its first ever Super Bowl. Looking at that matchup, my heart says Detroit because I, I really do like what Dan Campbell's done with that team. Uh, but God, San Francisco. I mean, they've they've held their own against. A lot of teams this year, maybe not the Browns so much, but uh, you know, last weekend they looked pretty decent against the Packers. I want to go with San Fran in that, and um, Baltimore, Kansas City. Heart and brain says Baltimore, and I'm praying to God Baltimore. I mean, the Chiefs could still pull it out, but God, I I really don't want to see uh, the Wag press box with uh, with uh, Miss uh, Travis Kelsey as well as Patrick Mahomes' wife and Travis's brother getting hairless, or not hairless, shirtless and showing off his hairy chest. I I really don't want to see that. I, I'll say this, though, for Baltimore. Uh, this weekend, they are planning to honor both uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, two of their biggest superstars of the franchise. Uh, and that's a, it's a far better thing to do than naming menu items after Taylor Swift songs. It seems to be a little more for the home team. You know what I mean? Okay, so a uh, couple teams looking for honors and movies this week. Some bad honors, some good honors. We'll start with the bad honors first because the, the Razzies are always announced the day before the Oscars, and they happen the day before the the actual award ceremony happens before the Oscars. So Razzie nominations and um, Shazam... Fury of the Gods, nominated for Worst Picture. Quantumania, Ant-Man, Quantumania, nominated for Worst Sequel, Prequel, whatever. Uh, no nominations, no no, uh, no Razzies for either the Marvels, 
which bombed horribly, or The Flash, which was considered a disaster of a film. The worst film, uh, the worst movie pr um, nominations seem pretty forgettable. Like, The Flash just cratered, and it's not gotten a single one in the Marvels. And I think it has something to do with the fact that Ezra Miller uh, identifies with 13 different pronouns, and uh, Brie Larson, okay, you, you can't criticize her because she's being attacked unfairly by fanboys, so it's a little easier to go after Quantumania, which uh, was supposed to be the next phase of Marvel, and, uh, you know, introduces to Kang and all this stuff. That doesn't really look like a, a, a healthy phase five six seven whatever we're going with and shazam fury of the gods again forgettable uh I, and i'm thinking that they're kind of doing this to protect some sacred dogs here even though again those dogs uh man they really screwed the pooch here i i will say this about quantum mania they gave uh worst best supporting actor uh to both bill murray and um uh michael douglas as you know best supporting actors in those movies uh the bill murray one was kind of cruddy i'm not gonna lie michael douglas didn't really annoy me in that movie too much uh the the young girl that played um scott lang's protester daughter was annoying af she should have been nominated for worst supporting actress um because and the character was just piss poorly written i mean cassie in the first two ant-mans is i get all nerdy for you lovable sweet little girl and then she grows up to be um basically lisa simpson okay yeah never go full lisa simpson so there's that okay so moving on from the razzies to the oscars they were nominated uh announced and normally i don't really um uh care too much about watch shows and i'm not going to watch the oscars because why would i do that i, I i'll say this it's it's one of those things where if if a performance or a movie get win something that I like, then I will applaud it because that's um, that's one of the rare times that Hollywood gets something right. But to sit there uh, through three and a half, four hours of uh, uh, basically proverbial hand jobs and uh, soapbox preaching, no thank you. Uh, but the nominations: Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan uh, just knocked it out of the park this year. Up for 13 nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director, uh, Killian Murphy, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, also nominated for Best Supporting Actress, I believe. Um, Barbie, only eight. Barbie being the big box office draw of uh, 2023. Uh, only eight, but Greta Gerwig. The director, she is not nominated for Best Director. Margot Robbie, uh, who uh, was, uh, Margot Robbie actually, uh, who is uh, basically the producer and uh, the, the star of the movie, not up for Best Actress. So a lot of their fans feel snubbed. Of course, a lot of the, uh, the naysayers are kind of pointing out the horrible irony that uh, Ryan Gosling um who's uh, Ken got nominated for best supporting actor in a movie that was very very feminist and very very critical of the, the patriarchy so Ryan Gosling kind of a victim of success and um and all that but he's up for best supporting actor it doesn't surprise me again uh, a couple of things here um 
Oppenheimer and Barbie were the two two of the biggest blockbusters of um, 2023. And both mo movies are up for Best Picture, but this is a category that's 10 nominations. 10 nominees, right? And uh, they did this last year with the Oscars with uh, Top Gun Maverick and Avatar Way of the, the Blue People. They were nominated for Best Film, but there weren't a lot of other trophies designated to those movies. Not, not a lot of other nominations. They were hoping that the fact that these movies had brought people into the theaters would bring people to the award show. Not so much. Um, Oppenheimer does have, lead the way with nominees, and they will win trophies. Barbie is nominated, and they'll probably win a couple here and there. But Poor Things, the movie that nobody went and saw, uh, which is also a feminist movie like Barbie, 11 nominations, uh, and I think it looks pretty clear that uh, Emma Stone's going to win her next uh, Oscar, her, another Best Actress, because um, she's getting lauded and all that. Um, and there's some others there, too. And I said this with the Golden Globes when uh, Barbie got shut out, that Poor Things was going to ride that wave, that, that, that feminist wave, that Barbie should be writing. And, and because Barbie was such a success, the award shows want to use that to push poor things. Like, poor things goes deeper, is what I'm saying. Barbie, I mean, it's too mainstream. Girls all know who Barbie is. They grew up with Barbie. And we need to tell the masses what's the better movie. See, this is the award circuit pretty much promoting something that was under a lot of people's radars. And I've said this too about Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is a success. Um, and Christopher Nolan, uh, this is his best shot at uh, best director. But it wouldn't surprise me if Poor Things won best picture. Because again, this is Hollywood. They don't reward success. They reward what they feel should be successful. And again, that's why these movies, that, that, it's a, one of the reasons why they're nominated. And one of the reasons why Barbie is taking a backseat to poor things. And why uh, Oppenheimer, while successful and will win some Oscars, uh, it might take a big seat to things like best director, best film. It's, it's something that bears watching. I am rooting for Christopher Nolan because I am a fan. Strange dude, though. Uh, I saw, like, um, in, in passing, Robert Downey Jr., like, um, a transcript from, a, I think, a podcast interview where uh, he was talking about um, how Robert, or how uh, Christopher Nolan has strange bathroom habits. Like, if somebody on set has to use the bathroom, fine, whatever, but hurry up. He He's very task-oriented. He's very schedule-oriented. Too much so. According to uh, RDJ, he says that uh, Christopher Nolan, on set during shoots, only uses the bathroom at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. And, and Nolan told him this. And Christopher Nolan, being a Brit, drinks a god-awful amount of tea. How do you not peel? I, does the guy wear Depends? That's my question. I mean... Uh, yeah, that, that, that's the only way you could really successful do, successfully do that, man. I, I'm at work, I drink water all the time, and I'm like in the bathroom every 45 minutes to an hour, you know, just trying to flush out the system. Stay hydrated. Here's uh, 
the thing about Christopher Nolan is he's so damn successful that he could afford to put crap on the company's dime if he wanted to. If he held up the set, do you think Universal's going to be like, what's the, what, what's taking so long? Well, Christopher Nolan was taking his shit for five minutes, and, you know, that's uh, it, it pushed his, the, the shoot back from wrapping up around 11 o'clock to 11.05. That's what happened. He was shitting. Um, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> for just one more unique character detail about the guy. Okay, so speaking of Depends, Madonna, 65 years old, out there touring, um, material granny. And uh, she had to push off some dates uh, summer, this past summer, to later because she was under the weather, not feeling well, uh, posting weird things on um, social media. Not not as weird as Britney Spears, mind you, but uh, weird enough. And uh, the Barclays Center, I think that's in Brooklyn, um, she had three shows this past December. And, of course, I made mention of this uh, earlier podcast. She's being sued. Her and Live Nation are being sued by a couple of guys that went to the shows thinking that they were going to see uh, Madonna do her thing at 8.30 that evening uh, when, in fact, she didn't take to the stage till 10.30, which is pretty damn late for a concert. They didn't get done. She didn't get get done till 1, and uh, they had work the next morning. They had trouble finding um, you know rights to get home and all that. And now uh, the uh, the press release from um, Live Nation is saying, "Hey, look, we're going to fight this uh, vigorously." Uh, you know, we said in the press that uh, we were having sound check issues at one of these shows, and the other two shows at the Barclay Center started on time. And I was thinking to myself, "Okay, if you're having a sound check, f- first of all, and if you're an audiophile, if you're somebody that's uh, well versed in um, sound checks um, and the like." Wouldn't you do a lot of that stuff before the show and have the settings programmed into the board? Like, like, why would you do a sound check with everybody in the building? Don't you? You, you know what I mean? And if there was an audio issue with her stuff, wouldn't you say something over the PA? Like, there would have to be some other way of communicating, even if there was problems with anything on stage. Because it's a big freaking basketball arena. I'm having trouble believing that they couldn't tell people we're having technical difficulties. Please stand by. And the whole nine. Uh, But what I find very uh, fascinating about the whole thing involving uh, possible possible sound check problems. And uh, in her show is that Madonna apparently does not lip sync. Or maybe the recording just wasn't, you know, queuing up right. I don't know. Uh, that does bear bear watching. Uh, what do we got here? Ozzy, farewell shows, possibly. Uh, his wife Sharon's out um, promoting some stuff, and uh, she said that Ozzy, 75-year-old Ozzy, with Parkinson's, is planning on doing two farewell shows in his native Birmingham, England. Um, which, you know, hometown, I can see it, but I also know that the dude has lived three quarters of a century, and if he wanted to call it a career without doing those shows, I'd be okay with it too. Well, that's kind of the thing about uh, aging rock stars. It's amazing to see them go out and do their thing if they can. I mean, the Rolling Stones are still doing it. Um, but then you have guys like uh, you know Robert Plant that they're like content doing smaller things, not trying to live, relive the glory days of Led Zeppelin. And, and then you have guys like Ozzy who you know 
are under physical duress, and it would be a lot for them to go out on stage to do anything. So even if the shows didn't happen, I don't think I could hold that against him. You know what I mean? He would not be, in my opinion, he would not be um, disgracing himself if he just said, that's it, I can't do it. And I think a lot of fans would understand. One thing that has had trouble bowing out of the public consciousness is the Daily Show on Comedy Central. It used to be, I remember when this thing first took to the air in the late 90s and Craig Kilborn hosted it. And it was more of a spoof on the news, more so than politics. And then, uh, you know, John Stewart took over and became more political. And there was always an element of politics uh, to The Daily Show because you're talking about the media. John Stewart was the host for the longest time. And then uh, a while back, uh, God, this was before I loved Kokomo. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, he stepped aside. He retired because he was, like, sad or something. And then Trevor Noah took over. Trevor Noah, he bowed out in 2022. I think in September, was it? Now Jon Stewart is back, kind of, sort of. He's only going to host Mondays of The Daily Show uh, for the presidential cycle up through 2024 because, uh, you know, he's only going to save the world one day a week, apparently, I guess. Um, <laughs> 2024. Uh, I don't think he's going to be doing this permanently. It's just, you know, for Mondays. And then, of course, the rotating host thing, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, and, and this, a couple things. They've been doing this rotating host thing for a little over a year and a half now. I can't see it do, being a big ratings getter because it's just not a very consistent voice. You don't have a constant. You don't have a, you don't have a constant reason to sit in and watch this show because the face is always different. And, and believe me, it's not really a show designed for somebody like me. But as somebody... Uh, with some limited experience in the media. I mean, could you imagine uh, t tuning into a newscast every single night? Same time, same channel. Newscaster is different. I mean, if, if you fill in for somebody a night or two or for a week, that's one thing. But if this is a constant, you're always changing hosts. You know, you know I mean, it's, it's different jokes. It's different... It's a different way of saying things. It is totally different. And then you bring back the originator of the show. Well, not the originator, but the originator of the form of that show. And he's only going to do it one day a week. You know, his ratings are probably going to be higher than any of the rotating co-hosts that come aboard. And when he's gone, what are you going to do? Who is going to be the next permanent host of The Daily Show. They haven't figured that out yet. Um, which begs the question, when do the guys at Viacom just look at this thing? Probably after 2024. Um, with uh, with Trump v. Biden 2 the next day. Uh, they're probably going to be like, you know what? Maybe we should put in just another rerun of Parks and Recreation or, or The Office. Who's going to know? Who's going to miss it, Right. It's just, it, I don't think it has the same cultural impact it once did. Uh, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll see a lot of clips online about how he's back and how everybody's happy. But, uh, again, it's only one day a week. And the media and social media a lot different than what people are talking about and what people actually watch and see and do. Bears watching. 
at least uh, the ratings and how th how the show actually performs. Okay, now I I love coffee, um, and I and I'll drink any form of coffee as long as it's good. I'm very low key. I mean, I'll you know I'll go to Starbucks on occasion and drink coffee, right? But I'm a very very basic person. Not not like not like the basic white female that has a complicated order. I'm basic. It is coffee, room for cream. That's it. Um, I believe the more syllables your drink has, uh, the more of a jerk you can be, guy or gal, doesn't matter. Um, Dunkin' Donuts finding this out the hard way. Uh, they are um, the target of a class action lawsuit by those who are lactose intolerant because they claim uh, when uh, the soy milk and uh, oat milk that they want for their um, alternative beverages that require dairy, when they go non-dairy, they're being uh, ripped off. They're being charged more, $2 more in some instances. They're taking advantage of the fact that they are lactose intolerant. Now, I'm not an economist, but I do have Google. And I was like, well, what's the difference between, in terms of price, because if you're a business, you have to weigh cost, right? What's the difference in price between a quart of milk and, say, oat milk or soy milk, right? Uh, I, I didn't find the quart, but I, I kind of got an idea. On average, per ounce, milk, straight from the cow, well, pasteurized, but, you know, Dairy milk, four cents an ounce. Oat milk, eight cents. It costs twice as much. That's why it costs more for those beverages. If they win this and they get their money, and they ha and Dunkin' has to lower its prices for these uh, these uh, people, expect prices on the uh, rest of the menu to go up. And it never occurred to any of these uh, lactose intolerant people, just get water. You'll be okay. But that's not good enough for them because they have to be, they have to show that they're lactose intolerant and therefore uh, victimed, victimized. Um, now, and, and by the way, if you are lactose intolerant and you're not like these people, kudos to you for you know having common sense. Uh, speaking of common sense and lack thereof, PETA. Uh, they're trying to ruin Groundhog Day again. Uh, they're telling the people of Puxatani to replace Puxatani Phil with a gold coin. The tradition, of course, is Puxatani uh, Phil comes out, sees a shadow. That's uh, six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't, hey, spring's on the way right away. Go spring. Now they want him to re be replaced with a golden coin. I saw that and I said to myself, well, you can't. You can't eat a golden coin after the ceremony, you know. That <laughs> I think that that would actually piss off the people of Puxtani uh, more than it would Peta, and Peta would be pretty damn pissed. God, these are the same people that thought that the way you get uh, wool from a sweater is by butchering the the sheep. You you know they they actually thought it was the same as getting lamb chops from the sheep, when in fact no, you you shear it and then wait for it to grow back and you shear it again. Uh, kind of like, God, now I'm thinking about it. I, I wonder how these assholes think we get milk. <laughs> Every time you milk a cow, you have to turn it into hamburger. 
that's probably what they're thinking. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, hey, by the way, um, I saw this. This is pretty damn cool. Uh, very uh, nice. Uh, this guy in Florida, he's having dexterity problems. He's a guitar player. Turned out he had a tumor on his brain, and uh, it was cancerous. And so... Uh, he goes in to get surgery. They keep him awake during surgery, and to uh, make sure they're getting everything right, they had him play guitar during the surgery. And they successfully removed the cancerous tumor. Very cool. And he regained his dexterity, and he's still playing guitar. Think about it. They saved his life and kept him from becoming a bass player. Yeah, he, if you can't play the six, you go to the four. But if all things were uh, bad uh, and um, they removed the tumor, but he lost, still lost some of his dexterity, uh, he could always be a punk rock guitar player because all he has to know is three guitar, uh, three chords. Yeah. Uh, by the way, remind me next podcast to uh, rag on Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, um, <laughs> uh, the guitar story. Yeah, I'll get to that. I, I'm running out of time here. I, I just forgot to put on my list here. Uh, but I do find it funny. Uh, so, yeah, I got to make a note of that next time. And finally, in China, uh, this man ran in a complete marathon, 26.2 miles. And that's a hell of a thing to do. But they disqualified him. Was he cheating? Uh, only if you consider smoking cigarettes while you run cheating. They, they just, yeah. This dude is going to Flavor Country and running every single acre of it. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, cigarettes marked down as a performance-enhancing drug. Um, it is an experience-enhancing thing to have after sex, I guess. I don't know. Too old for uh, for the smoking. Not so much. Well. Anyway, I got a headboard repair later on. Uh, until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.